Thanks be to God.
might not perish, and might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Very good. <laughs> it's really wonderful how those words remain so fresh even after 20 centuries. They were first find themselves written in the uh, second reading today in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, so that's about the year 55 AD, only 20 years or so after, after Jesus' death and resurrection. And they have remained a part of our liturgy really ever since. Paul would have written them because they were common already in the liturgies of the time when the communities gathered. They uh, would already have been using that as a blessing, as a, as a welcome, as a prayer for the people gathered. So they've been around a long, long time. And because they're so close to Jesus's time, they're really important for scripture scholars and theologians because, because here, so soon after the Jesus experience, this remarkable moment in history when the disciples of Jesus uh, experienced his passion, his, his death, his resurrection, they've already institutionalized in these words. They're understanding that God is more than just God, that God is a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's already in their, in their Christian DNA, even by 55 AD. And that's really important because if you go back and think about it, you know, these Jewish people were really fierce in their understanding that there's only one God. And any breaching of that belief would have been seen as a terrible heresy. And Jesus' disciples, though they were only, only fishermen and tax collectors and, and sort of local people, not educated in the faith necessarily, not scribes or Pharisees, they would have felt that revulsion at anything that, in, that undid the unity of God, the oneness of God, the God of Abraham, Moses, and David, and all the others. So here they are, only 20 years, 30 years after Jesus, and they're proclaiming Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and using that as a blessing. And it seems to come naturally to them. There's no revulsion, there's no sense that maybe we're betraying the unity of God's Godhood by proclaiming our faith this way. 
Now, they didn't arrive at this by having a sort of a uh, constitutional convention to begin their church and say, let's all get together and decide what we're going to believe. It happened. It was more something that was presented to them than something that they thought up themselves or invented theologically. Hey, everybody, let's add some color to this religion by having three persons in one trinity. It'll be cool. That's not how they did it. To the contrary, it was something that they experienced, that they felt, that they kind of instinctively knew after their experience with Jesus that changed their lives so deeply. What was that experience? How did they come to this strange understanding that theologians have had such a hard time explaining? That there's one God, and three persons within that God. Well, the little blessing that Paul includes in his letter to the Corinthians, if we sort of reverse engineer it, gives us some pretty good hints of what they experienced. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's this grace? The Lord Jesus Christ. That's the starting point for them. They had had this tremendous encounter with this little carpenter from a little village called Nazareth who turned their lives upside down. They walked with him, they spoke with him, they spent time with him. There were moments when they saw him in great suffering and pain and moments when they saw him in glory. It was an extraordinary blessing and gift to them. That's what the word grace means, really. It's gift. They experienced Jesus in his kindness, his compassion, his forgiveness, and most of all, in his self-giving, self-giving love as extraordinary grace from God. But even more than that, especially after his death and his resurrection, they experienced this Jesus as godly, as of God, of in God. It's hard to put in words. They had a hard time coming up with the words. You know, it was not enough to say Jesus is the Messiah or Jesus is the Christ. That could have been a lot of people. They could have said that about any number of wonderful heroes in the history of Israel. Our Savior, the one that's come to free us from the slavery of Egypt or the Romans or whomever. But these early followers of Jesus who knew him and experienced him, watched him die, and then experienced the resurrection, they could not help themselves but say, believe, profess. This Jesus is God. And that complicates everything because if Jesus is God, this human being, this flesh and blood person that they've known and they've eaten with and spoken with, then what kind of God do we have? 
What happens to the God of Moses, Abraham, the God we've been praying to for all these, these centuries, who's guided us through, through history, the God Jesus himself spoke of? Jesus helps them with that too. In Paul's words, part two, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father the love of God, our Father. It's the characteristic description that Jesus has for God. He's not this big mighty God in the clouds. He's not the God that's pictured in Michelangelo's paintings on the Sistine Chapel ceiling. It's a very particular kind of God who is a father and a very particular kind of father. It's my father your father. The father that I shall teach you about in my best parable, the parable of the father who welcomes his prodigal son back home. He welcomes everyone, always, who is so full of love that no insult, no sin, no evil, can undo his love for his son, his daughter, me, you. The love of God the Father. That's how Jesus teaches his disciples about the God of Abraham and Moses and David and the others. Not long after the resurrection, the disciples had yet another one of those extraordinary experiences that's beyond words. We celebrated it just last Sunday, Pentecost. This love, this grace of Jesus and the Father that has been made flesh in our midst, that has been given to us as a gift, continues to move in us, continues to speak to us. The disciples experienced it using the images of flames of fire and great powerful winds. The spirit that is alive and living and brings us together. The characteristic gift of the Spirit of God, Christ, is fellowship. That Spirit which brings us together in love, which brings together engaged couples in marriage, which brings together families, which brings together parishes, which brings together churches, which brings together all of humanity in fellowship and brotherhood and sisterhood the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of grace, the spirit of courage, this spirit which takes away our fear of one another so that we can love one another. That, too, was so real for them, so godly, so filling of their hearts, 
that they could not ignore it. So it probably started as a simple blessing. May God made flesh in Jesus, our Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our brother, be with you. May the love of God the Father who forgives, who welcomes, who holds nothing against us no matter what we've ever done, be with you. May God the Spirit of love, and mercy and wisdom and grace and freedom from fear that bonds us together and makes us one be with you and with us all. Pretty soon, you've got one God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's something they experienced before they ever found words for it. It's something they prayed before it ever became a doctrine. It's something we continue to celebrate each time we begin our own liturgies together with those fresh words that never grow old. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Some said also with you and some said with your spirit. Oh well, we're good.